I mean, I know Kyler's going to come back, but he that's not necessarily going to happen. It seems like they're doing a lot of tanking around here. He's supposed to get healthy at some point. They've been trading away all these good players, cutting all these guys. They might be um, the worst team we've seen in the NFL in several years since like the Lions and the Dolphins went winless. Uh, I don't know when that was, about 10 years ago or so. So yeah, can the Cardinals win a football episode 180 god heavy the podcast it's uh it's the same crew last episode myself hayden scott the boys are back and looking for trouble scotty we talked a bit before we hit record hayden hopped on late but how you doing scott how's your week been doing great had a great weekend out town for wedding in Kelowna when everything was awesome played some golf and now I'm ready uh, for football season three straight nights of fantasy drafts for me starting now and then we got the Thursday nighter so couldn't be happier fucking right how'd you shoot on the links buddy worst round of the year don't want to talk about it really uh all right, moving on. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Two heavy days of drinking followed by an early golf game. The next day didn't go very well. Yeesh. Yeah, that's that's Not a recipe good. for disaster. That's a recipe for disaster. Hey, <clears throat> how we doing, buddy? Feeling a little bit better before hopping into your closet? Hell yeah, man. And uh, just to lighten it up, too, it's another coffee that I still had. So, oh, nothing sets a stomach better up. <sighs> Right after a shit, then it's off. like it's like continuously drinking after saying you're hungover. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, what better way? Yeah, you're edging you know? it off. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I'm sure this will get it all done after recording. But no, other than that, man, it's been a pretty decent weekend. Uh, can't lie. Went out, bought the uh, last couple things to prepare for this wedding, and oh, we're yeah. we're about to go off to. Yeah. So fucking rights yeah got uh got sister's wedding this saturday should be good up in oliver and nice mm. little winery a little vineyard mm-hmm. should be a time and a half emceeing the wedding so i can't wait to accidentally say something wrong <laughs> um no but it's, it's, it should be good Did you get your uh your suit you asked me what i was wearing so i was wondering if you're getting that today <clears throat> yeah i'm not getting a suit uh i'm just gonna rock uh like i was already planning shade and i were already planning to do like a blue uh like a dark blue because i've had these brown dress shoes that i've Mm -hmm. had since fucking like 2020 i swear so i'm wearing those with like nice darkish blue pants and then i got like a blue dress shirt and then i'm also going to be wearing some suspenders and a tie nice that's the outfit apparel. It's nothing, nothing dabbed up to the nines like you, but gotta yeah. look the gotta look the far uh, look the part there. Yeah, got a nice little <laughs> three piece. Going into it, yeah. Tip top Taylor hooked me up nicely. The whole process of getting the suit was astonishing because she oh, it's just, terrible. She just looked me head to toe, picked out every single like every size needed. 
she nailed it. She was a hundred percent. I was within a, I was in a suit within five minutes of walking in the door and it fit perfectly. I was like, how do you do this? <laughs> each time it's I was like put, they go to school or something for yeah, it. Each know? time I was putting something on, she was handing me something else to put on. And I'm like, what is happening? I'm overwhelmed. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, all right, 32 F. I'm like, sure. I don't know. <laughs> like, all right, just put this on. It all fit perfectly. Yeah. It's crazy. God damn. But, yeah, no, but what about, about my uh, dress shoes the other day? Uh, nice little brown dress shoes from Aldo. So, mm. gonna look dapper, we must say. Gonna look, gonna look dapper. Al- Aldo, sponsor us, sponsor the podcast. <laughs> uh, but let's uh let's kick this episode off with a nice question of the week here. Um, got one teed up for you boys. Hopefully, you have an answer for it. But um, who is your favorite? player that was never able to win a championship oh that's so easy are we talking football just sports well okay football randy moss just instantly has to be the you know undefeated patriots losing that one really hurt Wes welker didn't win with that team either which sucked but gotta be randy moss and then as a sharks fan thornton and marlowe of course yeah Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I uh, unfortunately have almost all my favorite players haven't uh, won Super Bowls except for my Patriots. So I got a long list of those guys. Yeah, no, that's fair. Thornton and Marlowe is one that I really wanted to see him win. Absolutely. Thornton, especially. He's just a legend of the game. So. Well, and the shitty thing is they went and chased him too, right? They went, Thornton went to Toronto and uh, Florida, Marlowe and Pittsburgh and Toronto. And yeah, we knew they were never going to win. He might as well just played those last seasons out in San Jose, but yeah. I don't hate him for trying. No, exactly. Ed? Well, mine's still kind of playing, so I guess... Oh, maybe we should move the mic closer. Yeah. Uh, mine's still kind of playing, so... But, I mean, he was drafted the year after New Orleans won. It's got to be the guy that got me into football. Uh, it's Jimmy Graham right now. Easily. You know, there's there's been so much of, like, him and Gronk battling out, like, back in the day who was the greater tight end of the two and you could have arguably made a case for both of them you know gronk all around tight end better but if you have a receiving option clear mismatch you know you could give the edge to graham but yeah i'd say i'd say graham for football and even for hockey you know i liked some like older hockey players, uh, well, not not even older, maybe like obviously back in the 2010s. But like one who got me into the Canucks, first of all, was like Dan Cluche. Oh, nice. Dan like, Cluche, that's a name. Just the all it was for me was just the face mask that he wore. It was different. It was it wasn't the prettiest, but it was different. Yeah, absolutely loved it. And yeah, if the Canucks had won with like Dan Cluche. Then I don't know, like even the name saying the last name Cluche, it's just that's a goalie name right there, you know? Yeah. Total exactly. ice hockey player. So hundred percent. Uh mine is I got like a ton of Canucks players that I like, so I could name like six <laughs> different players. The Sedins, Pavel Bure, Roberto Luongo, Kevin BX was always one of my favorite Canucks, Marcus mm-hmm. Nasland. Trevor Linden, like you can, I can name off a bunch, but 
One that really stands out to me, I think he's one of the best power forwards in NHL history, and that's Jerome Aginla. They kind of got hosed in the 2004 final. Always been a fan of Aginla. And seeing him not win one, kind of, it sucked. He won like a ton of awards for the kind of player he was. Few Rockets, Nart Ross, just was one no-goal call away from potentially winning the cup. So kind of sucked to not see him win. A wild pick from a Canucks fan, but uh, I'm a big fan of him too. I don't know how he couldn't be. Yeah, like he's the exception. Like I've never been a huge Bruins fan, but I like Bergeron. And like I've never been a Flames fan, but I've always liked the Ginla. So, or as my dad would say, McGinless. McGinless. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking guy. Yeah, fucking guy. But uh, yeah, so that's question of the week. Favorite player. Who's your favorite player that never won a championship? But uh, let's get into the meat of this episode, boys. Let's not horse around anymore. Uh, Same kind of style concept of last episode, but this time it's the NFC. So uh, we're going to go with the same division order of last episode. So Hayden, you're going to have to, we're going to hold on to you for a little bit until we get to your team. But we're going to start off with the (laughs) NFC East. Um. Got the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. Boys, overall, what do you think of this division as a whole? Um, Probably the most fun we'll have in the NFC. I mean, maybe the North has a little bit going on, but the whole NFC really just bores the hell out of me. It really does. Um, You know how big I was on the Cowboys last year, and I'm still fairly big on them this year. But the Giants have added some pieces. The Commanders are hearing good things about Sam Howell. They got good receivers. They got good backs. So could be a lot of fun going on there. Some good, some good games all around. That they're not all going. You're not going to be walking through the Commanders and Giants like you have in the past. I don't think. But I think the top two are pretty clear. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there, Ed. Yeah, like Scott said, the NFC East is probably the most. It's 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 both East, both East in uh, either division are probably the best, but this is probably like fourth, <laughs> you know, out of the top eight or out of out of the eight. So it's like you'd still take, you know, the AFC North, the AFC West and the AFC East. And yes. arguably you take, you know, the NFC East over the AFC South, but. Uh, the rest of the NFC is pretty boring. You could easily have three playoff teams coming out of this division again. Yeah, you really could. There's like, like you said, Scott, the Giants are starting to get more and more legit ever, even since bringing in Dable. And then they have a couple of young receivers that could be studs this year. Saquon resigned. Daniel Jones seems to be trending in a much better direction. But. Scott, for the NFC East, what's your uh, what's your biggest X factor um, for this season? It's tough to say, really. I mean, I don't even know if it's an X factor, but I I want to see how the how the Eagles bounce back after that loss. Like you see these teams again and again that make this unexpected Super Bowl run. Uh, the Falcons back in the day, the Carolina Panthers back in the day. And those teams, a lot of the times have a huge like hangover season the next year. 
it's a it's a super common trend. I don't know the exact numbers for the for the runner up in the Super Bowl to miss the playoffs next year. And I, I really don't see that in this roster. Like they've already had a bunch of young studs. They had another great draft. They had a bunch of young guys last year that didn't play a ton, uh, especially on the defense, all those Georgia guys. So they're in prime position to be as good, if not better this year. But history will tell you that doesn't always happen. And the history of running quarterbacks tells you it's pretty hard to repeat seasons too. So I'm going to see, uh, can the Eagles repeat or improve upon what they did last year? Yeah, the Super Bowl hangover for either side is true. Um, hey, what about you for the X Factor <clears throat> for the NFC East? For the NFC East, I think the X Factor in this division is who's going to come down to get that top seed. Because this top seed, you know, you're either going to be I think the way that it goes, you're going to either be first or fifth. You know, San Francisco is also a favorite because of their defense. And we don't know if Brock Purdy is a flash in the pan. I don't think he is. But, you know, you hear a lot of people saying that. But I think the number one spot, it could easily go to Philly or Dallas. But if you're out by a game, you know, you could be you could be fifth, uh, or you could even be seventh. Yeah, it, it's it's a pretty like big pocket of teams that I feel like are all going to be consensual playoff teams, and yeah, I feel like the the top spot is going to be the X factor who can who can be the best out of the NFC East because that'll most likely be the number one spot. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Um, for me, it's Dak, Dak Prescott. If he can have a season without causing as many turnovers and really conduct a really good offense, because we all know the offense, um, like how they run, they're a really high-scoring offense. They've kind of added more and more pieces to their defense. And but if Dak Prescott can have like an MVP like year, they added Cooks as well as their third wide receiver behind Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. So I really like what they have on their offense. No Kellen Moore, so we'll kind of see how they fare. But if Dak Prescott can be a really steady quarterback back there, then I really think the Cowboys could make some noise and potentially contend for a Super Bowl. Like I they have the capabilities of doing that. But if Dak Prescott seems to be turning it over a bunch and it costs them games, then it could be the difference of the number one seed in the NFC, uh, in the NFC East, or potentially missing the playoffs. So I think the X factor for the NFC East as a whole is like Dak's play because it can really shift the Cowboys' trajectory in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I just don't know. I don't know if he has another gear. I think he, we kind of know what he is now. He says he's not throwing 10 picks this year, but we'll see. Yeah, it's just like he threw 10, and he also missed some games. So if he can just, like, not do that, not necessarily, like, increase his yardage and, like, touchdowns and stuff, but just limit his turnovers, then I think that could be a huge difference maker. Yeah. Um, You got a storyline, Scott, for this division? Uh, 
Cowboys Cowboys backfield. A lot of talk. Can uh, Pollard be a bell cow back? Uh, Deuce Vaughn coming in as a rookie there. But a small guy, completely different style of play than Zeke. And you saw how good Zeke and Pollard matched, right? Like, Pollard's not necessarily a small back, but he's a shiftier guy. He's got a lot of speed. And Vaughn is that same thing. So can Pollard take those carries up the gut? Can he take all these hits? Can they have as good of a goal line offense as they did? Zeke scored 12 TDs last year and isn't nearly the explosive player he used to be. So if Pollard can do that, they're going to be in a great spot. But he's never had this volume of carries before. So they're really going to need that run game to help Dak out, like you said, and to be as good as it was last year. Because like people are talking about losing Zeke not being a big deal, but he really allowed Pollard to shine in the areas that he's good. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. There's not that power back and elusive back uh, chemistry anymore. It's kind of just like two peas in a pod with Pollard right. and Deuce. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they kind of uh, correlate back there. Hayd. <clears throat> I think the storyline in this division is going to be somewhere along the lines of why we should pay running backs, starting with Saquon Barkley himself. I think this guy is on a mission to prove himself and further cement himself with the Giants. Maybe that be like a a strong playoff push. Obviously, the way I've done, well, we haven't talked about our rankings yet, but a lot of people have the Giants in the playoffs. You know, they were there last year. They deserve to be there last year. It's just, if they are, it's going to be on the back of Saquon Barkley. As much as people want to say like, oh, Daniel Jones is, is the offense. It's like, nah, no, Saquon Barkley is just the really big piece of the offense. If it's not a run play, it's a pass play to him. If it's not a run play or a pass play to him, it's Daniel Jones scrambling. There's yeah. not a lot else. And if they end up getting, you know, a good passing game going, then I think, I think, you know, the Giants could actually make a lot of noise. He's definitely the most important part of that offense, but uh, Darren Waller should add should add a lot to it as well. The receiver I, room, I, lots of questions, but Waller should add a lot there. I think so as well, but it's, yeah, it's, it's going to just be off like the play action where it's like, that's how Waller's, I feel like that's how Waller's going to eat in this offense, just be mismatched and get a little bit of play action in there. He could have like four 40, uh, four 40 plus yard touchdowns this year, just from burning a linebacker. Yeah. And it's just a matter of like Daniel Jones getting him the ball. Cause he had like in the mid-teens touchdown passes last year, did he not? He didn't have a lot. So something, it's, something like that, yeah. So, like, kind of similar to Purdy, like, Daniel Jones kind of plateaued into, like, they don't really know if he's the guy. Got paid last year after last season. and 15, 15 passing touchdowns. Yeah, and it's just a matter of, like, Daniel Jones can, like, take a jump to, like, solidifying why he should have got paid. And it's like, can you get Darren Waller the ball? So, like, that's also, like, a huge thing with the Giants as a whole, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I still am, like, unsure about Daniel Jones. Um, but 
I think he has the potential and are able to be a solid quarterback. But uh, for me, my storyline is it was going to be Saquon and how he kind of, it's almost like not like a revenge tour, but like you weren't going to pay me, so I'm going to prove you wrong. But that's too similar to yours, Hade. So I'm going to kind of go with Washington as a whole. For me, like Eric Bieniemy comes in and like, um, like Ron Rivera, how long, how much time left does he have in Washington? What's Sam Howell like? You got Dotson coming in with like McLaurin's injury. Is there, there's just there's Brian Robinson with Antonio Gibson. Like there's just kind of a lot of question marks going into that team, and I think they could like compete in a lot of games, but maybe come out on the wrong end of things. But there's just a lot going on in Washington, and I'm curious to follow and see how they compete in this division. Because I think they could, like, they beat the Eagles last year. Like, I think they're capable of some of those upset wins again, but then, like, lose to the Cardinals by, like, 25 somehow. And it's just like, they're, I, f- I feel like they're going to be a really weird team to follow, but it's going to be curious to see how they navigate through this division and the league. But, uh, Scott, what do you got as rankings um, for the NFC East? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take the Eagles. Um, Super Super Bowl hangover or not, the roster is without a doubt the best in the division, um, if not the best in football. I got the Eagles going twelve and five. The Cowboys right behind them, eleven and six. The Giants. On the edge of the playoffs, there probably a wild card team at nine and eight, and then the Commanders at six and eleven. Uh, a lot of that due to having six difficult division games. Not that I hate that team. There's a lot of good things going on there, but they're in a tough spot. Nice, nice, solid. Aiden, what about you? I have Philadelphia coming in at thirteen and four, Dallas coming in at twelve and five. No, not 12 and 5, sorry, 11 and 6. And then I also have <clears throat> the Giants coming in at 9 and 8, and then Washington at 5 and 12. Boys, we are almost identical with our picks. I got the Eagles at 12 and 5, the Cowboys at 11 and 6, the Giants at 9 and 8, and the Commanders at 5 and 12. Yeah, so, almost dead on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not more than a difference between any of our picks. Yeah, exactly. So, also when I look at the Giants, for some reason, I just see nine and eight. I just me too. I wouldn't. (laughs) It's just weird. It was like I feel like this seems gonna be about five hundred, and when I went through the schedule, I'm like, yeah, okay, nine and eight, kind of makes sense. Uh, all right, we'll head up north for a bit, pay a visit to the north, another competitive division. What do you kind of look at overall with this division, Scott? And the Lions ascend. Can they be what everyone thinks they're going to be? Can Minnesota's defense improve? They were a great team offensively last year, but they got their defense was among the league's worst, despite having a very successful season in the wins-loss column. So Minnesota could be really dangerous if they can figure out the other side of the ball. They still got most of their pieces in place. They got that new rookie receiver, Jordan Addison. I guess they've lost Cook, um, but they lose him for several games a year anyway. So, yeah, I think, again, it's a pretty two-headed race, two-headed monster in this division, and um, a lot of question marks surrounding both teams. See who can be on top. 
Yeah. Hey, overall, what do you kind of take away from this division? <clears throat> I feel like we know who the top two seeds are going to be in this division, or at least, you know, something new. I'm excited to see what Chicago and Green Bay can really do because I don't think Chicago's there yet, but I feel like they could make some noise in ways that we don't expect. Like, I feel as if Justin Fields could be a huge piece of some really upsetful games. And I also feel like Jordan Love is just ready to just say why this is why you should have started me earlier because I am this good and like he's going into what his fourth year fifth year yeah <laughs> and he he's only started uh games than less than I have fingers on my hand which is unbelievable to say yeah yeah it's really weird the Jordan Love story it is. And um, it's like, I think what I view this division as a whole is I seriously think like the Packers, like Packers, Lions and Vikings, I kind of see all on a very similar trajectory, just in like different ways. Like, I think the Lions are a bit more gritty and edgy and they're going to like scrape out a lot of their wins, but they're going to be proven wins. The Packers are a huge wild card on whether or not Jordan Love's play is going to take him to wins. Like, I think their defense is very solid. Can Matt LaFleur prove that he's a better coach than just having people saying the excuse of he has Aaron Rodgers and for a few years, Devontae Adams as well? Um, the Vikings, kind of like what you alluded to, Scott, like their defense is very like teetering there, whether or not they're going to win a game, but. Now they have Brian Flores in there coaching their defense. Like, can they, can you straighten them up? And then the Bears, Fields has DJ Moore now. So this is another big year for him. So looking at this, it's going to be a lot of question marks, but it could be one of the more competitive divisions in football. Um, but I'm going to go to you, Scott, first for biggest X factor in the NFC North. Jared Goff, can he be a top five to ten QB? If he gets there, the Lions team is there. I don't think he gets there. I think they're still a good team. But if he can, you know, show why he was a number one pick. Um, he made it to the Super Bowl with the Rams, and he wasn't even nearly as good of a quarterback then than he is now. That Rams team was still better than this Lions team is. But, yeah, if he can ascend to that top five, top seven range, that team it will be very, very dangerous. Yeah, no, that's that's a very solid one. That's a very solid one. I am do you think this Lions hype is good or bad for them? I think it's good. There's never been any uh hype around this team since the three of us have been alive, other than Barry Sanders and those teams didn't win any games either, and we didn't get to watch them because we're not old enough. Maybe the but, one wild card game they made against New Orleans and then got absolutely shit kicked. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, but they, with who they got at the helm and Dan Campbell, they're not, this team isn't buying into anything. If you've heard any recent interviews or anything coming out of their camp, they're all saying we didn't even make the playoffs last year. We're not a good team until we do something. 
then we'll be that team. So I don't think it's going to get to their heads. I don't think it's anything like that. It'll be nothing but positives. They want to, they want to prove people right. I guess wanting to prove people wrong, wrong as a motivator as well, but I think it's good for them. Yeah. What about you, Hey, do you think that it will like impact them in any sort of way? I don't think it'll impact them in, in a bad way. I think, all of the kind of like what was Scott was saying was just kind of like the the low light on them, you know. It's just a uh, people want to get on the next biggest thing early, and I feel like that's why the media obviously is just saying like, "Oh, are they the real deal?" Obviously, you look at Dan Campbell; he's a very emotional guy. He loves the sport, and that's what you want to see from a coach. You know, you want to see that passion. Players love pay- playing for a guy who's passionate about what he loves to do. And I know everyone in that locker room's feeling, or at least feeding off of that. So I think the hype for Detroit by the media is they're kind of putting it on a low light. But I still think they have a little bit to go before they're like a contender. But I could see them being great. Yeah. After like Dan Campbell's third season, Jared Goff second year. They went from how many wins two years ago to barely missing playoffs. They, why can't they be next in line for the top spot in the division? No, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Why does my mic keep cutting out? Sorry, boys. Uh, <laughs> I asked you about biggest X factor, right? I'm not mistaken. Hayd, yeah. what are what's your biggest X factor for the NFC North? My biggest X factor for the NFC North is going to be I'm going to say the wide receiver and quarterback combo. We got some new ones in there this year, whether it be new receivers or new quarterbacks. And then you got the best duo, I think, because of just the player that Justin Jefferson is. It's going to be see those relationships building. You know, like, who will Jordan Love go to first? Will it be Watson? Will it be Dubs? Jared Goff, is he going to, like, Laporta? Or, you know, since he's missing Williams for the first six games, DJ Moore and Justin Fields, how are they going to be? I'm excited to see the uh, the X Factor and what could be of new relationships forming between quarterback and wide receiver. Like, if they kind of fail, then this division can go into the shitter. But if they really gel, then they could then be... Then they could be top spot. To the very last game. Absolutely. Yeah, no. That's that's true. That's true. It's I'm going to kind of, like, carry mine and, like, kind of tag along with yours. But for me, it's Jordan Love. Um, I think he's going to be the hinge for this Packers team on whether or not they make playoffs or not whether or not they make playoffs uh, from his performance or I guess like showing last season, it was very questionable. He made some good throws, but like didn't really perform that well. Like the one against the chiefs, it kind of seemed we didn't know if he was going to be playing until like last minute. And I feel like that may have gotten to his head as well, but I think he has some pretty decent weapons in. Dobbs and Watson that could really help him. And Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are good backs for him to help him 
get into the groove. And LaFleur has shown that he could be a good offensive minded coach, which could help him a lot as well. Um, and he's had a good preseason so far, I think. So, but I really think come game action, uh, can Jordan Love be the guy? And I think the schedule kind of favors him slightly. So I think it's going to help him out a bit. But yeah, that's my X factor is Jordan Love. Can he be the new guy in Green Bay or are they going to have to look somewhere else in order to carry this team forward? Uh, Let's go to storylines. Scotty, what storylines so, are you following? We've already spoke a bit about uh, the quarterbacks as Fields and ascend. Uh, can he? People, a lot of people think he's an MVP candidate. I don't think that's even possible. Um, and we talked about Goff ascending. We talked about uh, Jordan Love. So I'm going to go more to the running back rooms because on three of the four teams, they're very different this year. We got Jameer Gibbs coming into Detroit. We got David Montgomery coming in there. Can Montgomery play that Williams role and get all these touchdowns? Is Gibbs going to be used? In all these ways we've never seen before, like they've been saying. And then Chicago, is Herbert going to take over? They got the other young guy in there, too. And then Minnesota, it's Madison. So Green Bay's got the same guys with Dylan and Jones. We kind of know how that's going to go. But all these running back rooms are very different. And I think they're all going to be somewhat successful, too. So it's going to be who's going to be getting the touches. Uh, yeah, And can Madison be a number one back? They're all pretty interesting. Yeah, I agree. I'm really interested to see Madison as the guy. I kind of relate him and Pollard in very similar situations. Like Pollard was, I feel like, the better running back for the past couple seasons, but Zeke still had the RB1 role. Meanwhile, like Addison came in, uh, or Madison came in for Cook when he was hurt and always looked dominant, but it's like, they always looked good as the second guy. Can they be the bell cow and still put up the same performance? It's going to be very interesting to follow. I agree with you. Aiden, what about you? I also agree with the uh, with the running back stats, and especially with yours, Jeff, where they are very much <laughs> very comparable. So with that being said, we've talked a lot about the offenses. Uh, I'm going to say coach. Coaches are the X factor in this division. Uh, we got Dan Campbell, Kevin O'Connell, Matt Eberflus, and Matt LaFleur. Those are some very, very offensive-minded coaches. And seeing as how they're going to play out to the season, I, I rely my X factor on them. How are they going to maintain if one team absolutely shits the bed? You know, how are they going to go into the offseason with these questions that need to be answered? Or are we going to have a young coach make it to playoffs and are they going to crumble or are they fresh? Matt LaFleur is probably the most experienced because of his time with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But he's still pretty young as a head coach. No, that's a good point. I just realized I think you got... uh a couple of your things mixed up there. I think you were doing storylines and X factors, and we were doing X factors and storylines. I just kind of realized that. No. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I... Yeah. no, that's what happened. <laughs> you just said I think... X factor. We were talking storyline. Maybe Did you I just say said X the wrong factor. Way. Yeah. Oh, oh. Mixed up in that way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Storyline. Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. Just don't just don't let it happen again. Yeah. You can get uh, killed in Texas for that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but like my storyline that I'm gonna follow is I'm gonna kind of go to Detroit and just like how they handle the hype going into the year. Cause I know they're kind of keeping a level head and they're not really buying into it. Like you said, Scott, but I'm really interested to see how they, um, cause like you said, they haven't had these types of expectations in a very long time. So I'm really interested to follow how they carry themselves as serious, like division contenders. Like, it hasn't they kind of overperformed last year but now it's kind of going into it as like they've kind of gotten a bit better i mean their star wide receiver is still going to be out for a third of the season but can he really make a difference when he comes back and it's going to be a tight division but i really think they can live up to the expectations that people are setting on them so I'm I'm really interested to follow it and see how they do uh, as a whole. But, Scott, what do you have as rankings for this division? Well, I buy into Detroit being a solid team. I'm picking the Vikings to win the division at 11 and 6. The Lions, without a doubt, a playoff team in my mind at 10 and 7. The Packers and Jordan Love in his first year as a starter, 7 and 10. I think that's one game off what they were last year, maybe two. And then the Bears at 5-12. and 12. Seeing improvement there, I don't think they're a solid team. Um, I love the athleticism of Justin Fields. I haven't seen him out as a passer yet. I don't see how I can give them any more wins than that. But that is an improvement from them. I just, I just really don't believe. But hopefully we see some, for Bears fans' sake some more positives this season, just like last year, they were the worst team in the NFL yet. It was a fun season for bears fans. So uh, it's not their time yet. All right. Hey, what about you? I have both the lions and the Vikings coming in at 11 and six, but with a better conference record, the Detroit lions will be the winners of the division. Uh, but that's not to shed any Miss light on the Vikings as I think they are a very very good team I just don't know about their defense their defense I was watching like re-watching the quarterback series their defense really fucked up a lot <laughs> and it's not to say that Kirk also didn't fuck up a lot he threw 14 picks but Kirk also won them some games but after that I have the Green Bay Packers coming in at 6 and 11. And then also have the Bears coming in at 6 and 11. Was not intentional the way I was putting these records together, both 11 and 6 and both 6 and 11. But I feel like there's going to be one one weird division. I feel like it's going to be the North. Wow. Yeah, seeing improvement and then seeing a couple rough patches with uh, the Packers. For me, I have the Lions winning this division at 10 and 7. Then I have the Packers and Vikings tying at 9 and 8. Wow. Um, the Vikings, they were in a lot. They were on the 
good side of a lot of one-score games, and two of them were comeback wins from Buffalo and Indy. And I just don't know if they're going to have that same magic this year. So I think they're going to drop a couple games of those one-score games. They're going to have the weirdest season, in my opinion. Like, I think they're going to upset a couple teams, but also drop a couple they should win. Um, but, and, like, as the interdivision um, wins, I'm going to favor the Packers. So I got the Lions, Packers, Vikings, and then the Bears at, I believe, 5-12. and 12. Six and eleven, six and eleven. So yeah, pretty similar picks. You're a bit of an outlier with the Packers that time, as compared to me and Hayden. But again, we're we're thinking quite similarly here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just think I think Matt Lafleur is gonna like kind of coach Jordan Love into a pretty decent season, and I think he can be decent too. Yeah, but they weren't that good with Aaron Rodgers last year either. So it's, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We sure will. Um, Scott, we'll stay. We'll uh, head over to the West Coast. One of what was considered one of the best divisions in football a few years ago, and now it's one of the more lopsided divisions in football. Uh, but as a whole, how do you look at the NFC West? Uh, we all know who the winner of this division should be. Um, the questions surrounding quarterback belong to every single team here, though. So can the Niners, you know, be the Niners? Can Brock Purdy be a starter for a full season? Can Sam Darnold be a successful starter in the league? We haven't seen anything from Matt Ryan or um, sorry, Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford in forever. He didn't play in the preseason. He's hurt last year and what I've heard and in injury that ends careers. So if he can be back on his Super Bowl form. Maybe they're a player in this in this division, but they were terrible without him. And Geno Smith, I think we've seen the best we'll ever see from him. Can he do that again, though, and, you know, sneak them in the playoffs? And then the Cardinals, like... First overall pick incoming. Can they win a football game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. whole Kyler situation's weird. And... And if you mind, I'm, I'm going to go here as well because like I kind of look at it like that as well. What I've heard is Stafford is having a hard time kind of gelling with the younger guys coming in and learning their I names. Just, like I just don't know if that team is there, like chemistry wise and stuff. Like Cooper Cup's going to probably miss the first week or two with his hamstring injury, and like you said, Stafford got a really bad injury at the wrong end of his career so it's just going to be a really weird season for them their defense is completely flipped on its head now it's just aaron donald when it was an all pro defense as a whole so it's going to be a interesting team to follow the seahawks geno smith had led the league in completion percentage like they had a blew everyone's heads off with the season that they had it's going to be hard to repeat that and then, like you guys said, the Cardinals is just another disaster. What's going on with Kyler? Dobbs or um, is it Dobbs? Josh Dobbs. Josh yeah. Dobbs. He didn't even win the quarterback starting job. Um, the rookie is starting, so it's just going to be an all-out disaster. But yeah, as a whole, it's just kind of lopsided, and I just don't think it's going to be very competitive. But hey, as a whole. 
How do you kind of look at the NFC West? <clears throat> Man. Uh, it's, yeah, it's two teams and at the top and it's two teams at the bottom. There's a, unless, you know, a miracle happens with Matthew Stafford, you know, I don't even think the Rams have a chance at sniffing the playoffs. If, if Stafford's not back to true form because he's so vital to them. Like you cannot, you cannot be starting a game with who they've had in the past, like John Wolford, Baker fucking Mayfield. There's so many questions that are unanswered right now. And then if Cooper Cup just isn't Cooper Cup, sayonara. Yeah. You got your you got your one Super Bowl. Now you're right back to being shit. For years to come. They really said fuck them picks and then said fuck being good as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scott, what do you got as an X factor for the NFC West? Quarterback play in San Francisco. I mean, we've seen it work with Birdie, so it's hard to really say it's an X factor, but we haven't seen it for long enough. And we saw how instantly... They had no chance to compete in the playoffs when they lost a quarterback and they didn't have a guy. I am under the belief that Sam Darnold can have tons of success in that offense. So I think that no matter what, this team should be good, even if Purdy completely flames out. Um, Sam Darnold has all the physical traits to be a good quarterback in the NFL. He's been in terrible situations and he may not be the best processor out of starting quarterbacks. But I don't think you necessarily have to be in this offense. There's so many weapons, such good play design. You just have to oftentimes just find your first read and get the ball to him. And he can do that. It's when he gets put in more stressful situations that he can't. So can one of those two guys do it for them? I think they can. Um, which one it'll be, I don't know. But, yeah, if they get good quarterback play, I don't see why they're not the best team in the NFC. It. Yeah, I think my X factor in this division is going to be defensive play. There's arguably the best defense with the 49ers, and then there's like the young up-and-coming, maybe new Legion of Boom, some Seattle fans are saying. They have all the right pieces. It's just nobody knows their names yet. You know, but no one yeah. knew Earl Thomas's name. No one knew Cam Chancellor's name. No one even knew Richard Sherman's name. They all made a name for themselves. And Tariq Woolen has the perfect chance to do this. And then Bobby Wagner is going to be the perfect teacher. And you got a ferocious front four. And then you got great safety play. I think the defense of the 49ers and the Seahawks can easily win both of these teams five games alone just off of defensive play yeah like you could be like wow kenneth walker geno smith jackson smith and jigba and dk metcalf did absolutely nothing and we still won by 14 points <laughs> it, it could easily happen no that's a really good point i uh i agree with you my my x factor is geno um can you if you can like 
have that same season last year and have it this year, maybe like the 72% completion percentage is like going to be really hard to do, but he's at, they've added another weapon for him. So that's just another ball player for the defense to cover. So he's going to have weapons to throw to. If he can't get the ball to them and play good, then it's going to be a very, it could be a long season and really hard fought season for Seattle. So I'm like, I kind of put it on Gino and if he can be the guy for them to guide them through the season, because if he can play really good, like he did last year, then I think it could be quite a good season for Seattle overall, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Storyline, Scott. Uh, It's hard to find one in this division, really. I mean, everything I want to think about is the Niners, and nobody else really interests me. I'm going to go to what I said off the bat. Can can the Cardinals win a football game? I mean, I know Kyler's going to come back, but that's not necessarily going to happen. It seems like they're doing a lot of tanking around here. He's supposed to get healthy at some point. They've been trading away all these good players, cutting all these guys. They might be um, the worst team we've seen in the NFL in several years since like the Lions and the Dolphins went winless. Uh, I don't know when that was, about 10 years ago or so. So, yeah, can the Cardinals win a football game? I love that. Yeah, getting rid of Isaiah Simmons for a seventh. I wanted him so bad in the draft, and he has not been very good, but he's still a freak. Absolutely. (laughs) You don't just get rid of an athlete away like that for a seventh after drafting him in the first. Same thing like what I was saying about Darnold. He has all the physical tools to be just an absolute monster. He does. He can play linebacker slot safety. There's not many guys that can do that thing that much. Mm -mm. Yeah. When it's kind of like Jabril Peppers in college. It's like that guy was playing literally everywhere. And yeah. I guess the same goes taking snaps at QB. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I I 100% agree with you. Cardinals are going to be an all-out wildfire. But, Hade, what about you, buddy? Man, Scott kind of took my uh took my one for <laughs> the Cardinals, but because that that's really going to be the biggest thing is. Are they going to get the first overall pick? And so, you know, I'll I'll kind of roll on with this because what do they do if they have the first overall pick? Where do they go with Kyler Murray? You know, and I've seen some Arizona Twitter or Arizona X now. People are calling for Caleb Williams. It's like you got a guy you already paid. Uh, what are you going to do about him? No one's going to want a short beaten Kyler Murray who hasn't proven himself at all one mm-hmm. playoff game and oh my god it was the worst thing I've ever watched on live television so you do that you add in an aging James Connor what do you do absolutely what do you do if you're the Arizona Cardinals if there's one person I hate to be, it's Jonathan Gannon right now. <laughs> Fuck. What a, what a terrible head coaching job. Did you see that video of him? Like, Yeah, he couldn't, I... pump, he couldn't pump me up to 
go and change a tire, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was who it was who brutal. drove here today? Who who took the bus in today to 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 work? All right, this is different. What what are you talking about? <laughs> that's so sick, dude. That's like yeah. that's up there with uh Winston's E to W and Trevor Lawrence's tunnel speech. Yeah. <laughs> oh, e to W gets tough, love man. now though. People like it now. As a meme and like sarcastically it's gained love, but like he's everyone... so loved by his teammates though. But like when he was doing it, everyone was just standing there like an emoji watching him, like, okay. <laughs> All right, dude. Sick. What what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the like effort, but it's just not working, fam. Uh for me, my storyline is the Rams. And I it's kind of like like you said, Scott, it's really hard to pick a storyline for this, but a lot of weird situation with like Cup's health. Stafford, is he still the Matt Stafford we know the defense is kind of hard to name and Sean McVay like after that run that they went on they went all in last year and then were dog shit and now they're like not really lined up for a good season for a few more seasons at least and it's just going to be really interesting to see how they set up their future and I just don't think it's going to be a very good year for them I think it could be a very long year for them I think if they have all their talent healthy, they could win, squeeze out a couple games. Like if the Stafford Cup connection is still there and they're both healthy, then I think it's capable of putting up some points. But again, it's still just going to be very hard to defend the ball when they just don't really have a ton there. But yeah, I think that's my storyline is just the Rams and trying to re recoup some energy that they had their Super Bowl season. But uh Scott, what do you got for NFC West rankings? I got uh the Niners leading the entire conference here at 13 and 4. The Rams barely edging out the Seahawks going 8 and 9, the Seahawks at 7 and 10, and the lowly Cardinals at the bottom of the entire NFL at two and 15. Nice head. Wow. Well, this is something that we're actually going to be different on, at least for the, all of, for all of us now, I guess uh, I have San Francisco coming in as well at 13 and four, uh, but I won't give out where they are in the standings there. And then I also have the Seahawks coming in at 11 and six. Okay. I then have the Rams coming in at five and twelve, and the Cardinals coming in at two and fifteen. Hayden, our standings are the exact, but records are slightly off. Ah, um, I got the 49ers at twelve and five. I have the Seahawks at eight and nine. I have the Rams at five and twelve, and the Cardinals at two and fifteen. Well, we all got the Cardinals. Two and fifteen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what their over under for games one is. My guess is probably like four and a half. I, feel I was like three and a half was the first thing that came to my mind, but yeah. But that'd be very well. four and a half. Oh, okay, bang on. Let's there go. Wow. I, I would. I, if I'm not gonna, but we, I should hammer that under. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just hammer the over. I, oh my God. I feel like Kyler might like make a couple close games out of it, but they just don't. I have feel a... like he's not going to play. Yeah, I could very well see that as well. Mm-hmm. But like, I think if he does play, he's not going to come back until like week nine or something. So I just think it's going to be a long first half of the season for Arizona. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Hey, it's time, man. It is time for the NFC South, your division. Hell yeah. Saints basically will run this division this year. I hope. Um, so we're going to go to you first this time. All right. As, as a whole for the NFC South, what are you looking at? What do you see? It is the biggest piece of dog shit. It's for <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson meme here. Um, I don't know why everyone's so maybe not just a little rant. I don't know why everyone's so hyped with B. John Robinson this year. I get generational player, but it's the Falcons, man. Like Desmond Ritter is the starting quarterback. And they say they have a great offensive line. No, they don't. They allowed like one of the highest sack rates in the league last year. Mariota was beat the fuck up. Oh, yeah, he was fucked up. Cordero Patterson had his worst season. The only bright spot was Tyler Algier. And now they've just up and replaced him with Bijan Robinson, which arguably is a better decision. But it's like you could have used a draft pick for defense. Like you needed defense. It's like the whole Kyle Pitts thing all over again. Yeah. Or you could have spent it on a quarterback. There's like so many which ways that the Falcons could have gone. And then people saying that the Panthers are going to be good. The Panthers traded away so much. Like Bryce Young's throwing to Adam Thielen. I like that guy's like, he's like 36 years old. Harris Marshall Jr. He's been two years in the league. Hasn't, hasn't done anything. And their defense, Brian Burns might not even play the fucking first couple weeks to go along with Chris Jones. They might be off in LA together, hanging out, watching games on their, their ass. Yeah. So I don't know why people are so, so off with New Orleans being the odds on favorite to win this division because they have a proven defense. They were the second best in, like, I think it was um, receiving yards or anything to do with receiving. It was Philly and then New Orleans. Their run defense has kind of been a little bit shaky ever since uh, two years ago. But you're playing with a defensive-minded coach. You've upgraded tremendously at quarterback with Derek Carr, who, by the way, has never had a top 18 defense in his life. That That's was wild. a stat I didn't. I was That's a wild. stat I didn't know. That's wild. Every his best defense he had was his MVP season, and they were nineteenth. <laughs> like, and then the Bucks just suck. They they've argu- they've already cut back on seats by the big cannon because Tom Brady's not playing there anymore. Like, they know they're gonna suck. Baker Mayfield's like fantasy projection wasn't even over 200 because they don't know if he's going to be the whole play. starter for the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and they've cut off contract discussions with Mike Evans, too, because he's he's probably going to get traded. Yeah. And that's the smartest thing. Like he wants yeah. to be loyal, but Tampa's not going to pay a receiver twenty two million dollars and not be competitive. Yeah. He's getting traded. 
Uh, and New England, baby. That's that's a spot he wants to go, apparently. And mm. he would be. They, won't, be they a, won't pay him. There's no way they'll pay him a big contract. So it'd be a rental. $20 million for a year? There's not a chance to fucking pay him. They just freaking sign part and I, wouldn't I, give Hopkins the money. They're not going to pay Mike Evans. Yeah. I'll take him. I'll take know. him for the year. You'd probably get a player like that on expiring for like a fifth round pick. But he would help out tremendously. Him. He'd be the number one. It's it's a win win, but yeah, they just don't pay receivers. They just but, paid Parker, and they, they play the exact same role. Parker's just a worse version of them, so they, I don't see the point of having Parker on your roster at eleven million if you're going to go pay Mike Evans twenty. You know, you, you don't want Parker now. Trade him to Tampa. That's part of the package. Bang. Maybe <laughs> they won't want him because he's they won't a want him. <laughs> yeah, but when you look at this division, I feel like every big sports head just wants to say something else other than new orleans because this is the only playoff team i see in my eyes and it's not because i'm a supreme falcon hater but i'm a realist i feel like in this sort of sense like i don't think new orleans is going to win the super bowl at all this year but a division title and a playoff game that's my highest expectation first year with Derek carr and you know hopefully the injury bug just doesn't stay with New Orleans. Yeah. Last two years, they've been hindered. Like, I'm I'm completely, not completely out with Michael Thomas, but I did tell you last year, Jeb, when you were saying, should I draft Olave? I'm like, he has the chance to take number one spot the next year. And that's, <laughs> like, people, he's been unguardable in joint practices and on team drills. Mm-hmm. You know, the only person he's lost to is Marshawn Lattimore, but Marshawn Lattimore only allowed, I think it was 10 catches in all of practice, all of practices. That was a crazy step. Like, New Orleans, I think, will win this division, but they're not doing anything in the playoffs. I think they're still a season or two away. And, uh, yeah, that's, I guess that's my storyline, so we don't need to go through my storyline, but that's right. the whole spiel. Love it. That's yeah, I, well, I, first. I agree with pretty much everything you said there for sure. Uh, um, Hayden, I'll stick or Scott, what do you got as a overall outlook on the NFC South? If you want to add any more, there's not much to add. Um, you pretty much nailed it. The Saints are projected to win this division mostly because of who the three other teams in the division are, and the Saints do have a better record than them or better roster. Sorry, but uh, there's Probably two, probably two of the three wildcard teams I'd prefer over the Saints. And there's probably 20 teams in the NFL that could uh, win this division. But one interesting thing I was thinking about is how a lot of these regional things across the NFL are matching up across conference. The AFC South, the NFC South, just absolute dog shit with one mm. pretty solid team. The AFC East, the NFC East with pretty strong all the way through. The AFC North and NFC North have a couple of really banger teams. Um, the West is where it differs a little bit because the AFC West is much stronger, but it, the NFC West, it looks like it can be fairly competitive as well. So it's kind of cool how they're all kind of like that across both conferences. Yeah, I agree as well. You guys kind of nailed their um, division. I, yeah, I think it's like Saints run away right now. Like, I don't necessarily think it's going to be particularly close. I still think that the Falcons and Saints will have close games. And 
I'm, I'm fully expecting them to lose at least one of the games to Atlanta. That's that's what I wrote down as well. Like that's I have them, I have them splitting, but I just think like the Saints are gonna kind of roll through this kind of convincingly, besides those two games with Atlanta. And I just like New Orleans like schedule overall, but that's kind of like what I have down. But Hayden, I'll go to you first. Um, I know you gave your storyline, but what do you have as an X factor across the NFC South? The X factor for me is Derek Carr. Like I said, he this is the first time he's ever going to have a top half defense. How is he going to be? How is he like if we've seen Derek Carr with a top 19 defense and him almost running for MVP? Can he do it again? Can't it looked like his first drive against the Chiefs? 12 plays, 80 yards, touchdown. Hit six different receivers on one drive. If if he can manage that, I believe our our receiver depth for New Orleans and running back depth, tight end depth is absolutely monstrous. I have full confidence in the defense. It's just how can Derek Carr play? Yeah. That's very fair. Scott, what do you have as the next factor? Yeah, there's not much more to say other than Derek Carr. Um, for the division, anyway, if he's just average, they run away with it. But talking about the Saints and their place um, within the rest of the NFC, if Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas, which I have zero faith that can happen, um, then they're an actual real weapon, a real team that can actually compete and win a playoff game. You already said it with their running backs and their other receivers. I'm not so sure the tight end depth is what you think it is. But uh, if Michael Thomas is a top 10 receiver, which I don't even think he's a top 50 receiver, they're a serious, serious contender in the NFC. He's not, though. And don't draft him in fantasy ever. <laughs> I drafted him in fantasy. Okay, now I want to go. I want to go back just because if you can get Michael Thomas at round eleven in redraft, absolutely do it. You're gonna already have three receivers, but this is the time to start him. I would if I didn't overpay like crazy last year and now hate his guts and everything about him. That is the exact same feeling I feel towards (laughs) CMC. So you know what? I will agree with you, Scott. Don't ever draft him again because he's just gonna burn you. (laughs) <laughs> I see the value. You're 100% right. It is value there. That's the type of risk you take in those rounds. Exactly. But not for, I've took the risk and I've hey, been bitten. I'll try hey, again next year. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I took him late in like round 11 and I'm like points per first down league. He could, he could move the sticks a couple times for Derek. Easily. Carr. So that's kind of where I got him. But yeah, my X factor, it's pretty, I'm going to stick in new Orleans, but I'm going to go with like Dennis Allen. Um, he's a defensive minded coach. If he can maintain that defense that the league's kind of talking about in terms of New Orleans, like if he can keep them as a top half of the league, top 12 defense, then I think New Orleans can really make some noise. Um, obviously, like can Michael Thomas stay healthy? That's huge for their offense as well. But I think if Dennis Allen cannot fuck this up, then New Orleans is going to be, they're going to breeze their way into hosting a playoff game. But again, like if he is an all out disaster, then he's going to be on the hot seat. And New Orleans has found themselves in a weird middle ground where they don't really know whether to rebuild or whatever. So 
that's my X factor is Dennis Allen. Uh, one hey, more thing. Yeah, one more thing, please. Tight end depth, Scott. You got to be kidding me, man. Jimmy Graham Jawan, is there, man. Jawan, oh, no, no, He's first been retired. Jawan Johnson. That if okay. we want to talk, if we want to talk about like potential breakout late round options, this guy, I have full faith in him that he could easily be tight end one this year with the type of like work he gets. Apparently he's like in the hard. NFL. Yeah, like t- no, insane. no, tight tight end, tight end one, like um, like you know how for fantasy, like they do like tight ends are like the I mean a tight one. end one, not the tight. Okay, yes, I sorry, got you. Uh, sure. tight end one, yes, sure. But there's you know with the ups, no, he will never be better. Seven than of those tight Kelsey. end ones are still useless. Oh, there's yeah, only five yeah. real tight end ones. Exactly, like he'll never be better than the top like of them, but he can definitely finish. I think top six with being his favorite target, Taysom okay. Hill. What position do you play in football? Yes, uh, at Taysom Hill. <laughs> Foster Moreau coming over with Derek Carr. And then, yeah, Jimmy Graham. 10 to 20 snaps a game, purely in between the 20 and the red zone. Like, I don't know if you saw it when they played against Houston. I know it's preseason, but all you got to do is run up to someone, push them, turn around, catch it, bring the ball in. If you're six foot seven, and 260, 270, you can do that. Oh, so the only oh, way is catching touchdown passes is that, OPI? That, that in no way. Okay, <laughs> I got you. I got That's you. Right. He's only uh, score, He's only productive when he's interfering the defender. <laughs> I see it. I see it. Okay, that makes sense. Taysom Hill is a weapon. Uh, I, Johnson, I'm going to have to see it first. And the other two guys haven't played football in a while. So we'll see. If you're talking about four tight ends on your team, I think that tells me you have tight end issues. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, Hayden went on a blabberfest about the storyline, respective respectfully though, as a Saints fan. But Scott, do you have a storyline for this division to follow? I just want to see if any of the other three teams that aren't New Orleans can have any sort of success this year. Can one of them approach 500? Can one of them have a winning record through the first two months and create some hype? Because if that doesn't happen. This is going to be an absolute snooze fest. Yeah, that's very fair. For me, I am interested to follow Bryce Young and the Panthers and just they kind of put a lot of band-aids on their position depth with like Thielen and like Miles Sanders. Bryce Young starting. Brian Burns isn't going to be playing for a bit like you alluded to, Hade. So I'm just kind of interested to see how Bryce Bryce Young handles being the QB one in a very weird offense. Um, I just think like they're not going to be anything special this year, but I don't think they're going to, they're going to be near the bottom. They're going to be like that shitty year Detroit had, but they were in a lot of games when they won like five games, but they were like competing a lot. I think that might be like a Panthers kind of situation as well. Like they might have some flashes on offense, but I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. So, but I'm just going to, I'm interested to see and follow how they handle um, everyone else and like carry themselves as a team. But always fun to follow a first overall pick. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Aid, what do you got as uh, division rankings in the South? Division rankings. I have New Orleans coming in at 11 and six. I have the Falcons coming in at eight and nine. I have the Panthers coming in at 
six and eleven. And then the Bucks coming in at four and thirteen. All right. Scott. Uh similar. I have the Saints at 10 and 7. And then the other three teams, I'm just really taking a guess here. I have no idea what's going to happen with them. I'm going to put the Panthers in the two hole because I think they have the highest upside at quarterback. I'm going to give them seven and ten. Then the Bucks and Falcons. I'm going to give a equal record of six and eleven. I don't think that's how it'll necessarily play out, but I think I can hit maybe two or three of those or two one or two of those. I just have no idea. All those teams could win fucking three games, and I think they could win up to six or seven as well. I don't know. Respectable. Respectable. Uh I got the Saints contending for the top of the NFC at 12 and 5. I wow. have the Falcons at 8 and 9, the Panthers at 5 and 12, and the Bucks at 4 and 13. That's possible with the Saints if you think they can win at least five div games. So I have them at five and one in the division. Right. Oh splitting with Atlanta. Yeah, it goes a long way, man. And you only got to go, what, 500 against the rest of the league to really put up a good record. So, yeah, exactly. Easy money. Exactly. Uh, All right. We'll go to how the conference is going to shape out. Scott, to you. We have the San Francisco 49ers leading the way at 13 and 4, getting a bye. Then the Eagles coming in at 12 and 5. And then the Vikings at 11 and 6, and the Saints rounding up the fourth division spot at 10 and 7. Your wildcard teams will be the Cowboys in the first wildcard at 11 and 6. And then the Lions at 10 and 7, and the Giants at 9 and 8. Nice, nice. Aid? Coming in at number one. Is it the 49ers or the Eagles? It's the 49ers. Or, lies. It's the Eagles. 13 and 4. San Fran, 13 and 4. New Orleans at the 3 at 11 and 6. Detroit, 11 and 6. Seattle, 12. No, 11 and 6. Sorry. I have it two different scores on my thing. (laughs) The Vikings, 11 and 6 as well. And the Cowboys, can anyone take a guess? Does anyone remember? And no, eleven and six. Yeah, eleven and six. Right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, a lot cool. of eleven and six. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so I got the 49ers, Saints, and Eagles tying at twelve and five. But I got the 49ers at the top of the conference. Then I got the Saints in second place, the Eagles in third, and then the Lions. In fourth at 10 and seven. <clears throat> then I got the Cowboys in the first wild card at 11 and six, the Packers in the second at nine and eight, and then the Giants rounding out the NFC at nine and eight as well. So a lot of ties, only three, I guess, four different scores amongst seven teams, but it's going to be a tight race in the NFC for, uh, for your old Jevons rankings. All right. Love it. Exciting. Exciting. Uh, let's go to awards. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Should we save the top dog for last? Uh, why not? Cool. Love it. 
Love to hear it. Scott, Offensive Player of the Year. And we can kind of treat it like stat leaders if you want to give a little sleeper pick, then I'm all for it. But you don't have to if you don't have a name. Totally okay. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, Offensive Player of the Year. Hoping if he gets more pass work there, he can, you know, go maybe a few hundred yards over 2,000 total. Uh, should increase his touchdown volume. I think those other two backs there in Ford and uh, what's his name? We just traded there from the Pats. Um, they definitely both could take a lot of the pass catching role, but I don't think there will be as much as Hunt. And he has shown to me he's the best runner of the football in the NFL. And if he can become a bit of a passing back too, he could really, really win this award for sure. I love it. Aid? For my offensive player of the year, might be chalky. But I think he can do it again. Justin Jefferson. Love it. Such a safe pick with him. He's it is. He's so fucking good. And my sleeper pick is Terry McLaurin. Ooh. I like Scary Terry this year. Scary Terry. That's that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um my offense player of the year is Travis Kelsey. And then as a sleeper pick. As a sleeper pick, I'm going uh, Christian McCaffrey. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, probably like Amari Cooper or something like that. That's a good one, yeah. Uh, defensive player of the year, Scotty. I like a healthy uh, TJ Watt. I picked him to be the sack leader this year. I think he has that help of Highsmith on the other end. They have a pretty solid all-around defense, another superstar in Minka uh, playing the back at the safety there. So, yeah, I think TJ Watt's still got it. And he's going to have 20 plus sacks. Love it. Aid? Yeah, I chose Nick Bosa last week. Uh, but then I just saw a report saying that the two sides are very far away and they'd need a, a breakthrough to happen to sign a contract. So if he misses games, uh, I don't think he's going to be defensive player of the year eligible <laughs> unless he just tears it up, uh, in which case I don't think he will. So, kind of quickly going on the fly. Uh, for my defensive player of the year, I think I'm going to try and go with Joey Bosa instead. Mm, his yeah. brother. I like him. And then as a sleeper pick, I, I like Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb. Is he in Miami mm-hmm. now? Yes. Yes, he, got, he is. Yeah, he got traded, right? Mm-hmm. Last season, yeah. I knew I wasn't crazy for that. Uh, Hayden, I also had Bosa, but since you just said that, I'm going to kind of wean off of that as well to go <laughs> safe. And I'm going to go uh, Micah Parsons. All right. And then I like it. as a little sleeper, uh, Tariq Woolen. Or actually, Derwin James. Scratch that. Derwin James is a little sleeper. Big nice. sleeper. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Scott. I think this is a two-headed race. Um, there's a lot of guys out there that it definitely could be, but I, I like Young and Robinson more than anybody, and I'm going to go with Bryce Young. Uh, I don't can't say I've watched a ton of his games at Bama or anything, but everything I've read and all the reports I hear is he's really got it figured out. I'll give you a sleeper to uh, Luke Musgrave, the tight end in 
uh, Green Bay. There's a lot of talk about the other tight ends who all sound great too, Kincaid, Laporta. Um, but they got that young QB coming in in uh, Jordan Love. The young QBs like to throw tight ends a lot. And it sounds like he's already won that one job as not as much as a guy like Kincaid has because he's still got to deal with Dawson Knox. Nice. Nice. Love it. Hey. For my offensive rookie of the year, uh, it's it's really hard to not go with like Bijan or Bryce Young or even CJ Stroud. Um, I'll take the latter. I'll go with Bijan. Like, I don't think he'll have outer worldly production, but I think you could see better numbers than Saquon's rookie year. Yeah. And I think it's very possible. And I kind of relate there to like rookie seasons. Both teams are kind of not the greatest, but they're both athletic freaks. Exactly. And it's just going to be like, oh, this team was bad, but he still put up this number. So we're going to give it to him kind of thing. Exactly. And so. I, uh, sleeper pick, I like Michael Mayer. Yes. Raiders tight end. Raiders go. rookie yeah. tight end. I knew there was one I was missing. I just couldn't remember his name. Oh, yeah. I drafted him this year in our uh, Dynasty League, Hade. Yeah, he's he's good. My tight he's end. good. I was like, young tight end, and he's probably going to get a lot of usage this year as well. So we'll see. For me, I'm going to go Jameer Gibbs because I think he's with Jamison Williams out, he's going to get an even more workload in the early parts of the year. And mm-hmm. he's a back that can do everything. And I think Detroit's going to win the division with a large part to him being a playmaker. That's a, that's a good, good one. And for me, I'm going to kind of give two sleepers here who I honestly think have a real shot at winning it. And that's Quentin Johnston, receiver for the Chargers, and Zay Flowers, receiver for the Ravens. Kind of surprised it didn't go that direction, Scott, since you have the Ravens winning the AFC as a whole. Trying to get some other picks out there, you know. Um, All the receivers, I couldn't really differentiate between them, even Jordan Addison. Like, uh, I think young, I think young will have be quite separate. I'm actually surprised nobody said Anthony Richardson because if he runs for seven, eight hundred yards, he might be able to. Yeah, that's true too, too. man. That's my boy too. Fuck. I have him two of my leagues, so <laughs> that's my boy. That's, that's my boy. But, but I'm I, not gonna pick him for offensive rookie of the year. Fuck that. But I also <laughs> think like if he throws like 16 interceptions, then I just don't think he's gonna win it. And like no, he might he throw had, more than that. Yeah, like he might set is the rookie record like 18 by Peyton Manning or something. Manning mm-hmm. threw over 30, I believe, at one point. Oh, was it over 30? Maybe I'm I don't thinking, know about as a rookie. No, he definitely it was definitely the rookie record he set, which is I think the most in his career. Maybe I'm thinking that he just wore number 18. I'm pretty sure he had 27 or 30. Let's see. Let's yeah, see. Peyton Manning. 28 in his rookie year. Mm, I had the That's... eight in mind. That's fucked. Yeah. 28. That's a lot of picks. I don't think he'll quite reach 28, but like he could throw a lot of picks. So that's why I didn't really go Anthony Richardson. But off defensive rookie of the year, Scotty. So this one, I'm going with a guy that I was actually really excited for the Patriots to have a shot at drafting. And I'm actually happy they didn't get him. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes in Washington. The guy had, I think, Six pick sixes in college. He's returning kicks for touchdowns. And, uh, yeah, they, he got picked, I think, one pick ahead of Christian Gonzalez. But I would much rather have Gonzalez based off where he was rated in the draft. I thought we might even be able to get Forbes in the second round. He's a smaller, skinnier guy. 
but he has absolute ball hawk ability. We've seen it with Trayvon Diggs. Like, even if you're that risk reward guy, if you're getting the pick numbers, you're going to win these type of awards. It's like a defenseman scoring points in hockey. So he can get beat a bunch by his, uh, you know, high risk, high reward style. But if he gets seven, eight picks and he probably has the ability to do that, he might be able to win it. Um, my sleeper is Keon White of the Patriots, the second mm-hmm. round pick. I really like that a lot. He looks like an absolute monster. Uh, the thing is, though, it's very rare we do see a player that young as a consistent player on a Patriots defense. He's not going to be playing three three downs. They have yeah, Josh Uche yeah. and they have Matt Judon. He's going to be more of a third down rusher for them. But if an injury happens or something, he might have to play a lot more football. And playing on the other side of one of those two crazy pass rushers really might open them up. Yeah, no, yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair. Hey, I have Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. Winning. Uh, I know he's the odds on favorite, but he also looks absolutely terrifying going up against literally everybody. Um, and then I guess Scott, if you're doing a homer one, then you know I'm gonna do a homer one too. Uh, Brian Brzee. I didn't expect much of him, but I was looking at some preseason highlight tape. Uh, being six foot five and three hundred pounds, and as an interior lineman doing spin moves and having that as an ability, that's Aaron Donald esque. And he absolutely just burns people on the inside. And he, whenever he swallows up a a tackler, like I saw a video of him tackling Austin Eckler. I'm like, this This is a man against kids right now. You yeah. should not be able to be six foot five, 300 plus pounds, and move like that. It's like Aaron Donald. Like, you shouldn't be able to be that size and move that quick. But just add another three or four inches and 30 more pounds, and that's just a bigger Aaron Donald. Yeah, no, thank you. No. I'll pass. <laughs> uh, my f- winner is Jalen Carter on the Eagles. There's just so much on that line that you can only cover so much, and he looks like an absolute beast. I agree. My sleeper, Devin Witherspoon on Seattle. He's nice. going to be, obviously, Tariq Woolen's going to be taking wide receiver ones, and if he's covering them well, then he's going to have to go to a separate option, and Witherspoon. And a lot of bottles are going to have to go his way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I wanted to pick Carter, too, but I just think that Eagles D is too stacked for him to really – get the statistics he'll need there's so much going on there but i think he is an absolute freak and in a different system where he's going to get more of the focus on the defensive game plan i think he could do it and he still can but it's similar to how what i was saying about keon white i think that's that's very fair coach of the year scott scott well we all know where i'm going here uh, it's going to be bill belichick he hasn't got love for a lot of years when the team was very good. Similar to like LeBron, it was like he deserves it every year, but we're going to give it to the other guy who did something more interesting. Well, that's not the projection here. So if this team wins 10 games, it's almost going to be impossible to not give it to him. That's fair. Um, that's, that's, yeah, that's good. My sleeper is Matt LaFleur. He's lost his quarterback. He's got a new guy coming in. If they can be a playoff team. And Jordan Love is fairly successful. It's going to be hard to not give it to him as well. Good point. Aiden? Zach Taylor. Mm. I feel like Zach Taylor for the Bengals. uh, He was one coach that got so much hate 
And now that Joe Burrow has become Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor can do no wrong. But I feel like this is his chance to shine. I feel like with a full season going in, I feel like with, you know, Joey B slicing and dicing as soon as he gets back off the leg injury, you'll know, you know, he's going to be fine. He's going to be ready to fucking go. Uh, And then I feel like Zach Taylor is just going to be considered coach of the year because he didn't re-sign a lot of his vets on the defense, but he still kept like a good core. He re-signed a lot of like good people. A lot of people like playing for him. And then the sleeper, who maybe isn't a sleeper, but from where I have for the Lions, give me Danny Campbell. He's currently the favorite. Is he actually the favorite? Plus 800. I saw him at plus 2,600 on Bet365. Maybe I'm this uh, article. This was also recorded last week. or Not recorded. uh, (laughs) Looked at last week. Unless his odds jumped. Well, then yours are much different because this is an article back a few months ago. Or actually, August 30th. Never mind. That was like two days ago. That was, yeah. So, a few days All right, ago. Let me, let, me, let me look here. Let me look. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really interested. This is odds provided by BetMGM. Okay. So. Don't know if I uh, would classify the favorite as a sleeper, but that's. Yeah, he's grown. His odds have gone up exponentially. Looks like I should have taken him. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right, uh, then new coach of the year. Uh, this is a sleeper, Andy Reid at plus four thousand. It's like I just said, man. You can't be a coach of the year when you have the freaking best quarterback in the world. Like, even though he is an incredible coach, they just don't give it to those guys. That's not how yeah. the board's voted on. So that's a good sleeper. They're gonna have to go like sixteen and one for him to get it, though, which they could. <laughs> oh my god, I I actually might just put like ten bucks on that. that is absolutely ridiculous yeah that's pretty crazy the only ones that are above him or the same are mike mccarthy sean mcdermott and todd bowles yeah you got like two of the best teams one like fringe team and pretty much like the worst team the worst coaches what the fuck man that's that's crazy uh mike coach of the year and is Doug Peterson. I'm high on the Jags. I'm high on the Jags this year. So I'm going to roll with the coach who's going to take him uh, to a very convincing record this year. And my sleeper, according to this, is like the same odds, but I just don't necessarily have the same level of trust, maybe. And that's Dennis Allen for New Orleans. I have him second in the conference. So he might, he probably should be my pick, but he's just so I trust Peterson more than Allen. But yeah, uh, MVP Scott. I've been high on this team the whole time. I had him as a sleeper for uh, all our stuff last week. It's Lamar Jackson. I want Lamar Jackson back. It's going to be his best passing season of his career. He's still going to run like crazy, less designed runs, but he can still escape that pocket and get loose. So it's going to be Lamar Jackson. And for a sleeper, I'm going to go with another guy I've been hyping up a lot. It's going to be TJ Watt. A real sleeper defensive player. Maybe sets the sack record and can get another defensive player to win that thing. 
Wow. That's a, that's spicy. That's a spicy meatball, but I love it. I love every bit of it. Ed, what do you got? My MVP, uh, give me Joe Shiesty, Joey B. Uh, I feel like this is just his year. I'm really high on the Bengals. Uh, have been high with Joe Burrow ever since coming out of college. That was like kind of like the first time I'd actually cared about who was coming out. I was the first overall pick. And yeah, I think like the same thing with Josh Allen. I think uh, like Mahomes is right up there, but I think maybe Joe Burrow does a couple more touchdowns than Mahomes, has a couple more plays, Papa Bowie. Uh, and then my sleeper, Dirty Kirk. Dirty Kirk. Wow. I feel like he will be a big part of the Vikings and why NFL they don't need to. Oh, I, I I hope, man. But I want to see him wear so many chains, so much ice on him. I love Kirk Cousins. I feel like he's one of the funniest motherfuckers. I don't know if ever. anyone's ever said that before, other than like his wife. <laughs> I meet Vikings fans sometimes, and they're there with everyone else. Like, yeah, he's you know he's top fifteen. Like, we can win. I don't think I've ever met one that's even said they love him. I remember back when, uh, what it was like a drafting i thought new orleans was going to take kirk cousins as a backup the same way that the washington football team or the redskins took kirk cousins in the same draft as rg3 but i saw like a lot of chase daniel vibes and he's just outperformed everything yeah he really has he's made like what the most money of any starting quarterback in like career earnings like he just it's like up there, he's like he's made like two hundred and seventy million dollars or something like that in career earnings. Like he just keeps getting fat contracts. It's <laughs> quite a fleecing. But That's... my MVP, I think he's gonna go back to back Patrick Mahomes. I think they're gonna have a great year this year. And I just the only thing I worry about picking Mahomes is voter fatigue, and they might wanna go somewhere else. But I think if they give Rogers back to back, then Mahomes at one point is going to win back-to-back. So I think it's going to be this year. And then a sleeper pick is Derek Carr. Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. Hey, sleeper for a reason, buddy. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I thought mine was going to be the craziest, but I think he's got a better chance than both of them. Probably. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Also, Kirk Cousins, fourth all-time. Can you name the other three? They're all quarterbacks. Brady Manning. Nope. No, Brady Either. didn't make, didn't make a lot in so New England. Long, Played so long. Yeah, that's fair. Um, does uh, this count as contracts that they still have? Like Mahomes hasn't earned all that money yet. Uh, yeah. No, they. So, so this Mahomes. is money that they've earned. Oh, so it doesn't count Mahomes. No. Okay, because yeah, he has like an over five hundred million dollar contract. Yes. Yes. Exactly. This is money that they have earned. Matt Ryan. I was gonna say Matt nope. Ryan. Philip Rivers? Nope. They're all um, still playing right now. The top what? three. Stafford? Yeah. Yes. Number two. Okay. Stafford. Um, who the fuck? Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Number one. That makes sense. Who's uh, the I'll third? Play. I would have said Roethlisberger, but he's not playing. No. Nope. 
Go through the division. Kirk? Oh, no, he's fourth, obviously. Yeah. Forgot. We already talked about him. Maybe this is only current players. And it doesn't say it. I don't know, but Joe Flacco, I feel like, is not playing. Was, where's Flacco on the list? Flacco's five. <laughs> is he 174 like a, mil. Is he like a backup somewhere? Yeah, he's backup like on the Eagles, I think. All right. Yeah. If you guys aren't guessing, let's yeah. move it along. It's Russell Wilson. He's not oh, a backup yeah. on the Eagles. Oh, I thought that's what you were asking. If the players. No. <laughs> no. I was thinking of guessing him or Dak, but I was like, Dak wouldn't be there long enough. Yeah, nope. No, Dak has not been there long enough. Yeah. All right. So we got that. Scott, your NFC championship game. NFC championship. Hold on. I can't remember who I had. I know I have the Niners winning it, and they are playing against the Vikings. Finally going to go on a little run. Nice. Nice. It. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> NFC, you say, Jeff? I also have San Fran hosting Minnesota. Oh, there we go. <laughs> well, we're not going to go three for three because I don't have Minnesota make the playoffs. Fuck. <laughs> but, like, my, oh. but mine Fuck. is arguably crazier. I have the 49ers and Cowboys playing in the NFC Championship game. Oh, my That's God. A cool throwback. But the Niners are winning that. Uh, hey, your or Scott, your AFC championship game. You have to have the Chiefs in this game, and they probably win it. But I'm trying to be a bit different this year, and I'm going to go Ravens over the Chiefs. Nice, nice. Hey, <sighs> I have a rematch: Bengals versus Chiefs. Bengals get the upper hand this time. Solid. I'm going extra different, and I'm not having the Chiefs in there. I think they will get upset in the divisional, but I got 49ers and Bill, or I got Bills and Bengals in the AFC, mm. and I think the Bills are finally going to get to a Super Bowl, but go 0 for 5. And I got the 49ers winning in the Super Bowl. I have the Ravens beating the Niners. I have Cincy beating the Niners. Ooh. All right, boys. That is That finishes off the NFL preview. This is going to be an unbelievable time. Who you got in the Thursday nighter, Chiefs or Lions? Gotta be Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. Be. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be a great fucking game. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's going to be Hopefully. awesome. Yeah. Last year's stunk, right? The Bills just dominated. The Bills the, uh, dominated the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we were all waiting for that. And I think that was like the ticket to LA's downfall. Is as soon yeah. as that was blown out, I was like, maybe. The Rams shouldn't have fucked them picks and drafted someone. <laughs> at the end of the day, winning the Super Bowl makes it worth it. 100%. That's true. All, all day, every day. Well, Scott, thanks for doing the NFL preview with us. It was fucking awesome having you on, as always. Where can uh, where can the boys find you? Where can the people find you? Just follow me on Twitter at underscore Scott Ony, O-N-Y. Perfect. Ed? On Instagram. And Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton. Follow myself on Instagram at Jevin.Lefave, on Twitter at Jevin Lefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at left side heavy underscore. And chat. And if you can't necessarily find those, spell those correctly, whatever, you the, can find the YouTube and listen anywhere in the link in the description. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have fun. 
following this NFL football season. We'll see you this Friday for KBNR. Peace out.